Welcome back to another episode of Let's Remake a Movie. Prepare to have your mind blown by horrendous plotlines, unforgivable mashups, and so many explosions. Podcast not sponsored by Michael Bay. Suit up, strap in, and let's remake a movie. I was thinking it's going to be the cast of Ghostbusters, particularly you know Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, that crew, in the plot of The Matrix. So that's that's generally what I was going. And is there a debate for who is like Neo slash the one? I was wondering that. Like, who do is it better to have it be Bill Murray or Dan Aykroyd? I, I think Bill Murray is probably the most dead, like the most deadpan of them. So he's probably the most like Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and and he and his 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 snarky reactions to everything would be pretty great. Yeah. So is it that when they are in the matrix they're seeing ghosts, but when they're out of the matrix and in like the real world, like ghosts aren't real, but like the ghosts that they're seeing are actually like computer programs, like which is the real world and which is not? I think the ghosts took over the machines. Okay, so the ghosts took over the machines. And the yes. ghosts, again, like, so a, when they're in the Matrix, everything is perfect. But then they, they leave the Matrix, there's all these ghosts around fucking with the machines. Yes. And, and, then, and then controlling the human, human beings and, you know, creating a totalitarian machine ghost state. So why even go into the Matrix? Well, no, because, like, there's humans who, who think that Bill and Dan are the chosen ones who have to save them all. So gotcha. it's, it's like, it's like, and it's like how they got Keanu. Like they basically just, and they decide to do it for the glory of it. Yeah. So to be clear, are we limited specifically to the first matrix or are we considering the sequels as well? Because I believe it does lend itself well to a Ghostbusters crossover. When in the matrix revolutions, we see all of the agent Smiths coming together to form a giant agent Smith sort of like a giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, or my suggestion was going to be a giant Walter Peck. I was wondering how, A, the Stay Puft Marshmallow... I was wondering how the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was going to be involved. I, you know who... I was thinking that Walter Peck, a.k.a. Dickless, is going to be... Cypher. I was actually thinking... Um, Agent, like, Smith. The, yeah, Smith. Like, he's, Hugo Weaving. Ooh, I like that idea. Well, okay, so, like, here's here's my kind of take on it. So, like, when the Ghostbusters are fighting these ghosts, it's a battle. They're fighting bureaucracy. They're fighting the ghosts. They're fighting people who are scared. Like, part of me thinks that, like, in the real world, the awakened world, like, they are just machines. But maybe in this version of the Matrix, it the machines choose to interact with the humans as ghosts to scare the crap out of them, to keep them in line. Oh, okay. And like the bureaucracy that's in place, that's, that's constantly fighting the ghostbusters is like the bureaucracy of the higher up, like machines and stuff like, and even like the statue of Liberty is a machine. Um, like Slimer is definitely a machine. Like, you know, all of these ghosts are there 
that they're trying to, to fight. So when they're fighting machines in the real world, they're machines, but when they're fighting machines in the matrix, they look like ghosts. So go, so I, I'm assuming that machines aren't scary as much anymore because we're in 2020. Yeah, totally makes sense. Okay. So yeah. So the machines are just like, they, they can't scare anybody if they're just machines. So they have to become ghosts to, you know, create, to, to make, scare yeah, people to enough. keep the humans in place. Like, Hey, yes. we have to demolish this whole building and so we have to give people an excuse like to not come to this area because this is like our staging area for like whatever. And so how do you keep a bunch of people except for like pokey teenagers out of an area? Well, you tell them <laughs> that there's a bunch of murders there and it's fucking haunted now. So Okay, there we go. Okay, that makes sense. For a little backstory, can we make it so the machines actually took over because Elon Musk's Neuralink company went live? And the, machines in, the machines instantly went, they became self-aware. Yes. So like we have a kind of like a Terminator, like a, like an Insta. Kind of like Skynet. Yeah. 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 Do they overthrow Elon Musk or is Elon Musk the... the it sounds like, like Elon Musk is the architect. Oh, okay. If you've seen, uh, if you've seen The Matrix Reloaded, it's, uh, I want to say Donald Sutherland plays the character, but it's Yes, it is Donald Sutherland. It is Donald yeah. Sutherland. Yeah. yeah. So, it sounds Malkovich. like that's Elon Musk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I like yeah. Elon Musk building the universe. And then Bill Murray would have some interactions with Elon Musk. And, that, and, and mm. you know, I obviously ask him, you know, how the quarantine's going. And I, I guess the what era, are we still doing this as if it's like the 1980s? Or is it like, this is like modern times, just like the Matrix? Because if so, you know, that that's an important side side period like do we have uh, maybe in the in the fake world it's the 1980s but in the real mm. world it's modern day yeah 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 okay so that makes sense so just like in the matrix how like you are awakened and it's like oh by the way it's not really 1998 it's <laughs> in reality <laughs> it's probably closer to like 2898 yeah, something like so that. So the nineteen, so the 1980s is a blissful lie that we tell ourselves. Great, that's that yes. definitely yeah. sounds like the eighties. <laughs> Did Garfield happen? <laughs> wait, there was wait, there was just a blur of cocaine. I remember Def Leppard being popular for some reason, and there were some Reagan speeches in there. Like that's basically that. That sounds like you were part of the Matrix for a good part of the eighties, then Connor. Ronald Reagan, the actor. Actor. <laughs> 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 What's next, future boy? <laughs> that is for next time. <laughs> oh yeah, we have to. Oh, we have to do Back to the Future. My God. Yeah. We'll figure out a way to do it. Back to the Future. Yeah, it's just Rick and Morty. <laughs> That's right. It is. Oh my God. I was thinking. So in the original Matrix, an attractive woman, Trinity, gets Keanu to go into the Matrix and brings them to Lawrence Fishburne. So who's the attractive woman that brings Bill and Dan to like and to exit the Matrix and go into the real world? Is it Sigourney Weaver? She's in Ghostbusters. Okay, yeah. okay. All right. All right, we got that figured out. And and also, if it's if, it, if in real life it's 20 like 2098 or something like that, Elon Musk would certainly be dead naturally. So what if he's a Futurama head in a jar? Mm, you know what? I feel like Elon Musk as his last dying breath would like somehow be able to hook his body up to the machines like cyborg or borg style and somehow be able to put his consciousness into the machines in order to try to control them like you know he spent his entire life trying to build these high-tech effing things and so now his final act is he becomes one and maybe in doing so 
his like brain and humanity is what corrupted the consciousness of the machines, which caused them to say, huh, ghosts are a good idea. Oh yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. So, so Elon Musk is basically like episode nine Palpatine where he's just got hooked up to a bunch of stuff and he has to like travel. By the way, that crane thing looks like the most, un- that just, I don't care if you want to come back to life to rule the universe with your granddaughter. That sounds like a miserable way to live for Palpatine. Like, I think it just sounds awful. I'm really sure that his life was not a picnic before that either. Yeah, so Elon Musk is Palpatine from Rise of Skywalker. He creates this universe, controls it, and Sigourney Weaver has gotten Bill and Dan to exit the Matrix and go into the real world where it's, where it's controlled by ghost machines and they have to bust the ghosts. And in busting the ghosts, they're really like decrypting and killing the machines and their programs in the real world. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, cause everything, cause everything in the matrix was a representation of what was also happening in the real world. So, you know, like the sentry bots, they look like basically like Smith and stuff like that, like in the men in yeah. black, but in reality, they were like these flying machine octopus things. So I think that, just like in Ghostbusters, they develop some kind of virus software technology that can infect the machines, but only while they're in ghost form by sucking their code and the code that controls them into the ghost trapper. And that's how they can basically scramble and erase or store their code so it can't be used in the matrix anymore. That's well, okay. Get that's 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 how we do this. That's how we, that's we, you get on yeah. this podcast. You get into the nitty gritty. You get the actual logic in addition to us making Star Wars. Well, references okay. for no reason. if we're gonna talk about like the nitty gritty, we have to make mention of the amount of research that one of the Ghostbusters did while writing Ghostbusters because he himself is <laughs> obsessed with the paranormal. And if you don't know what I'm talking about about somebody go google this shit it's an amazing story yeah dan Aykroyd was obsessed with ghosts or is obsessed with ghosts rather and he that's is how he obsessed came up with the, idea with the, the paranormal world. do you know how obsessed he is with the paranormal do you know the crystal skull vodka he owns it because <laughs> he's oh, like really? obsessed with crystal skulls and so he makes crystal skull vodka he like owns what? that company he must have been so disappointed when he saw indiana jones in the kingdom of the crystal skull like he thought this movie was just made for him. It was after that. <laughs> it must be what prompted him to make it. Like Jesus Christ, watching this Indiana Jones, I need a fucking drink of vodka. And then went, you want to know what? Ugh. Two birds, one stone. I'm gonna do this. That's, right right right. That's what everybody said after they watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Dan Aykroyd did so much research before he wrote Ghostbusters because he is obsessed with the paranormal. So all yeah. of the gibberish that he's saying inside Ghostbusters is. I'm pretty sure like 70% in his world, accurate information. So he would be doing a grave. Yeah. He'd be, we'd be doing a grave injustice. If the fake equipment that our fake ghostbusters were using in our remade movie did not also have the same attention to detail. (laughs) Okay. So Dan Aykroyd's being a tryhard and everything and all of the gobbledygook that he talks about actually has some semblance of reality to it. Got it. So he has, um, he's on the spectrum and that's the thing he fixates on. Like, you know, how some people on the spectrum have, you know, certain things they know all the ins and outs of. So him, for him, it happens to be paranormal activity and conspiracy theories. He's also a profound believer in the men in black theory, not the movie with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, but the idea of a basically secret society of enforcers of world law, which, uh, you know, it gets a little scary when you hear him talking about it because you can see how convinced he is in it. But at the same time, the passion is also inspiring. 
So conspiracy theorists, does that make an, an attention to detail and, and deep knowledge of the matrix? So this makes Dan Aykroyd our Morpheus. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, wait. So that's my was... TED talk. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So if Dan Aykroyd is Morpheus, that means he also summoned Bill Murray into the matrix. Makes oh, sense. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So now it's starting to come together. Okay. So Dan Aykroyd summoned Bill Murray into the matrix along with the Zorny uh, Weaver did too. So now Bill Murray has exited 1980, like not the 1984 fake world where Bill Murray was basically, basically a God in 1984. Aside, you know, aside from Harrison Ford, he was the most popular actor around. So basically he goes from being a God to just being a slave to the ghost machines, which fucks with his head or messes with his head a little bit. It's a podcast. You can say whatever the fuck you want. At that moment, John was fined $250,000 by the FCC. He'll spend the rest of his life working as a dishwasher at his local Olive Garden to try to pay the fine. Not sure what they did about the rest of the profanity in this episode. These people are absolutely filthy, gutter-minded yanks. Anyway, back to the show. At least I assume so. I don't know what rating you're going for here. All right, we got to get some Harold Ramis love in here, too, because that man was a creative genius. Egon, man. Yeah, oh, dude, I love me some Egon. But, yeah, okay, so... Egon is like he's got to be one of the other members of the crew. Yeah, yeah. like because you know when when Keanu gets taken to the ship, there's a bunch of other people in the crew. Egon can be part of the crew. Winston can be part of the crew. And you mm-hmm. know who is Cipher? Rick Moranis. Oh yeah, Rick Moranis. Oh, he, he, the, you know that he's Weasley and all that. In, you know, obviously in a way more fun way than Cipher is, but uh, at the yeah. same time, he's perfect for you know that sort of conniving, underhanded role. Yeah, that's what I was. Th- I was thinking like, who's going to be Cipher? Because he's obviously an important character, and I feel like Rick, like Rick Moranis' character in that movie, would want to like go back into the fake world and just be like a rich, famous guy who gets laid by supermodels all day. So, if you remember in Ghostbusters two, when they got arrested by the city of New York for massive property damage, he puts <laughs> all those books on the table, and he's like, "I don't know, you guys. I went to like night law school, and I'm, you know, I went. I'm just a tax lawyer. I don't know if I can do this." And they're like, "Don't worry about it, Lewis." Like, um, but that also brings into wasn't there another girl that it was in the Matrix? I think her name was Switch or Twitch or something like that. Yeah, it's Switch, but uh, Switch. The, the important the important thing to remember is in the Matrix. Spoiler alert for a twenty year old twenty one year old movie at this point. I think yes. uh, everybody except for uh, Neo, Trinity, Tank, and Morpheus gets killed off. So well, yeah, so can't we have Janine in there? Like we can we can throw her in the crew. She's got to be the operator, I think. Like she's got to be the tank character. Oh yeah, 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 okay, yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good that's a good choice. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's because mis- in Ghostbusters she's miserable. Like oh, she's, yeah, and, she's always ans- and she's always answering the phone, so it makes her a classic. We operator. can't run. <laughs> Ghostbusters, what do you want? Yep, Sean. You, Sean, you, your impression of her was scarily accurate. Like, uh, like it's actually impressive. Oh, thank you. That was uh, my first attempt. But, but well done. It was a very good first attempt. <laughs> Who are we going to cast as the Oracle? Mm. Slimer. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god, that actually would be really no. funny. Oh, like yeah. either that or maybe maybe Zool. Yeah, the Slovakian is, model who played Zool. Oh, yeah, okay. actually works, the Oracle. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you okay, know, in our version, sense. in our version, she because the Oracle is a machine. Yes, right. I think so. So that would track that Zool is like a ghost or like a possessed person from Babylonian times, and so it would make sense that she <laughs> is the Oracle, oldest ghost around. So she's you know. I think that that works. So the Oracle is, is Zool. 
the, the, when I came up with this episode idea, like I didn't think the cast would line up this well. This the cast is lining up perfect for this. It is. It works pretty well. And if we're looking at Harold Ramis, do we determine where we want him? I know he's going to be one of the crew, but aside from that, I'm not really sure. I was going to say Ghost, actually, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think fittingly, we should also put Ernie Hudson as Link. If anybody remembers the Harold Perrineau character from The Matrix Reloaded, he becomes the new operator uh, when Tank is out of commission. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and subsequently becomes, you know, basically the pilot for the rest of the series. He's Morpheus. He's Morpheus's counterpart because he doesn't buy into any of his crap, which actually probably makes more sense because he doesn't believe in ghosts. And isn't there a line in Ghostbusters that he says it's like if you if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe in whatever That's you right. want. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> he, he literally said that on the job interview. <laughs> It seems like we've got most of the plot. So we haven't had we haven't heard much from Dickless, a.k.a. Agent Smith yet. What has he been up to? Well, he knows that these guys are agents that have been freed and that they're using their technology to, like, be able to erase ghosts or erase the code of the machines that are trying to keep the humans in line and keep law and order inside the Matrix. And so, of course deciding that violence is never the answer especially in the 1980s unless you're an action (laughs) unless you're an action star he goes about it the bureaucratic way and decides to pull (laughs) the epa permit and come down there and be like what's all this and shut that shit down (laughs) and on top of that his ideology is something very similar to what we're seeing among certain people not naming names today who believe in order, no matter what the cost, and to that end are willing to use every bureaucratic loophole and even kick some ass if they have to in the name of order, which is exactly Uh. what Agent Smith represents. So, Yeah, Agent Smith, Walter Peck, they point their finger at the Ghostbusters and they say, these are the bad guys, these are your enemies, and the police force, which in our movie are just poor citizens plugged into the matrix doing what they're told. They're afraid of ghosts. They say, these are the guys that are causing problems and they go and they help Mr. Peck, AKA agent Smith to take him down. AKA Dickless, AKA Mr. Smith for the record. Also, here's a thought. Cause you know how there's like lots of dictators who like say they don't want to be compared to cartoon characters like um, Xi Jinping doesn't want to be compared to Winnie the Pooh. What if Walter Peck, a.k.a. Agent Smith, a.k.a. Dickless, like executed or banned anybody who called him Dickless? Like he was that thin skinned about it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, cool. So. I feel he does seem like he would have that kind of personality. If he had all power, he would just want to like totally control what everybody said about him. As long as we get some comic relief shot at one point of Bill Murray shooting him in the belt buckle and his pants fall down and we find out that he does indeed have no dick like a Ken doll. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, why not? Like, I feel like it's plausible in this universe. I mean, plus if he's an ant, like an Android type person, then he wouldn't have a dick anyway. Maybe that's what always drove his insecurity. He became a bureaucrat because he had no dick. <laughs> Just like any other bureaucrat. No, I'm kidding. I work for the county, Connor. 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So Walter Peck comes down with the EPA to shut this, this, you know, not that not to be the one, of course, the only girl in the group here to like circle us back to like the main task at hand. It's like herding fucking cats <laughs> with you guys sometimes. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so they shut down that big bank of code that Egon and, and everyone has stored where they were trying to store the machines and the ghost code and everything. They shut it down to release their fellow machines in the form of ghosts. And they basically explode this huge amount of <laughs> ghost code into the air above 1980s matrix, New York city. Okay. And then what should be create? I mean, I think that's where we got to plug in the marshmallow man, like giant. I was, ghost. I was wondering how is, how is the stay puff marshmallow man? Like, how is he, how is he involved? It's, so, it's a glitch. Uh, it's, gonna be the giant. Yeah, it's a glitch in the matrix. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what we do see, and, and this is what I was getting at before, so in the Matrix Revolutions, and you can go ahead and skip that one. Um, is that, <laughs> is, that, is, that is that your is that your Phantom Menace, Sean? Is that what you're telling us? The uh, one honestly, we can skip. Well, 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 no, because I enjoy the Phantom Menace, but the Matrix Revolutions, oof. And it, even, it does even have some entertainment value, I will admit to it. But uh, it's sort of like, I think the Wachowskis started to, uh, you know, didn't realize it was going to be as big as it was going to be. But what we saw in the Matrix Revolutions is Neo's final fight with Agent Smith is when Agent Smith has made thousands upon thousands of copies of himself, the way that a okay. computer program might, or a computer virus might copy itself. He then basically stacks himself one on top of the other until he forms a giant kaiju-sized Agent Smith, so large that it rips a pair of sunglasses off a billboard and puts it on its face. <laughs> so I think it only makes sense if Walter Peck duplicates himself into a giant Stay Puff Marshmallow Man kaiju made entirely out of Walter Peck's. Oh, that's brilliant. I don't even know how it's possible, but it's brilliant. <laughs> the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man should have like a giant indent where his dick's supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, it's basically the Michelin Man. There's nothing down there. <laughs> Oh, God. So that's the climax of this movie. Dickless Walter Peck turns himself into the Stay Pop Marshmallow Man by creating a bunch of different Walter Pecks. Yes. So and we saw this in uh, The Matrix Reloaded as well, that Agent Smith can infect people and turn them into other Agent Smiths. So oh, he's okay. basically making copies of himself and replicating himself over and over and over again until, you know, basically it's a city full of Agent Smiths and subsequently Neo has to fight him by flying around and punching him a bunch. Ah, uh, fun. Yeah. So does Bill Murray have flying around and punching powers? I would assume that uh, Harold Ramis could find a way. Okay. You know, like, honestly, we're, we're going to make Harold Ramis find a way out of respect for him. Well, I think that Morpheus, so you're going to have to have at least a fight montage, training montage scene yes. where Dan Aykroyd gets Bill Murray in a small white room and just smacks him in the face over and over again, trying to get this information into his head and try to make <laughs> him like use his powers. But Bill Murray just makes jokes the entire time. And it's Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis like standing over him, like trying to get him to take it seriously for 12 seconds, you know, and maybe in the end they have to, you know, play some music in the background, a la the dancing <laughs> toaster to finally get him to realize that he has powers 
the power, of course, is everything is bullshit. So Bill Murray being <laughs> Bill Murray, when he goes into the Matrix, since he knows everything is bullshit and he doesn't take everything seriously, that's his superpower. So he can like bend okay. walls and like do crazy, like <laughs> stupid shit. He can, you know, yeah. pull flowers out of his pocket. Like he can do anything he wants because he realizes that everything is bullshit and a lie. And so using his powers of, I'm such a funny man, I don't take anything seriously. That is his power inside the Matrix. And that's how he chooses to fight. There we go. One final note. You mentioned there was a song that makes him realize that. Yeah. What if it's what if it's the Ghostbusters theme song? Maybe. I mean, they get that. Do you bring that into it too? You mean I want a new drug by Huey Lewis in the news? No, we don't talk about that. (laughs) Fun fact, they were offered the chance to write the song for Ghostbusters and they turned it down. Why why would they do that? I mean, I know they did. They landed on their feet with Back to the Future, but still. I was also offered to Lindsey Buckingham from uh, Fleetwood Mac. So imagine Fleetwood Mac's interpretation of Ghostbusters. Oh, God. I'm just imagining they start to sing the song and then uh, Stevie Nicks does a bunch of cocaine and leaves halfway through. The rest of it is just instrumental. Yes, absolutely. They just continue strumming the guitar as she, as you hear, as you hear her leaving. Oh my god! It'd be pretty amazing. Not gonna lie, I, I'd listen to that. <laughs> so, how can we get the Statue of Liberty in on this? Can can Bill Murray use the Statue of Liberty in order to like beat the crap out of Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? Walter Ooh, I was just thinking the same thing. Great. I was just thinking. I was just thinking. Yes. So- so Neo does have the power because we see him do it with the original Agent Smith in the yes. first one. Remember, he basically jumps into him and more or less blows him up. I see no reason okay. why he couldn't jump into the Statue of Liberty, take it over and use <laughs> it to fight the giant, uh, the giant uh, Stay Puck Marshmallow Stay Man Pup. made out of Walter Stay Peck. Pups. Stay Peck Marshmallow Man. The Stay Peck. That's the name of it, Laura. Good call. That's why we brought you on. That's why. Yeah, among among uh, you know, keeping us in line while we're talking about um, Walter Peck and what's in his pants. Oh Laura hates us again. So okay, so this is like Godzilla versus King Kong, where it's where it's the Statue of Liberty taken over by Bill Murray versus the Stay Peck Marshmallow Man, which is just Walter Peck and like like thousands and thousands of Walter Pecks and marshmallow for. It sounds awesome. Because if you're gonna have a fight in the '80s, yeah, it's got to look like a Godzilla fight if it's in the '80s. Absolutely. Yeah. Can we yes. uh, incorporate the pink slime, like the hell slime? But instead of Ooh. the slime, it's actually like strawberry Fago. <laughs> That's a like idea. the freaking Juggalo convention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you've been looking for an excuse to bring Juggalos into this somehow. I just know it. Pure evil. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, water, fire, air, and dirt. Fucking magnets. How do they work? Questions that questions that have baffled us all. Wait, so they take the evil slime and they make it good to, to turn the Statue of Liberty alive. So why don't they just take like Dr. Pepper and use that to turn the Statue of Liberty alive? Oh, okay. So so, so wait, 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 how is Dr. Pepper gonna make the Statue of Liberty alive? Well, because the evil the evil goo is Fago. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and remember in the Matrix, everything is an approximation of like a real computer code. So like Okay. Egon, Egon is back in like real earth and he's programming 
you know, the goo to become good. And so he's sitting there and trying to program it. And by the time he gets into the matrix, his computer program of that slime, when it touches something, turning it into an ally and not an evil machine, he pops into the matrix and he's like, huh, in the matrix, the code looks like Dr. Pepper. Uh, it has okay. 26 different distinct codes in there just to make it do its thing. There we go. That's it. Laura can take every stupid idea and make it actually work. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she's very Josh, important for this podcast. I'm, so I'm a lawyer. That's exactly, I have to take every stupid <laughs> ass defense that anybody brings to me for something stupid that they did and turn it into a real defense and say a completely dead ass serious to a prosecutor. So <laughs> this is yep. no different than the nine to five boys. Okay. So Statue of Liberty versus Peck, uh, the state Peck Marshmallow Man. Like, does anything like big happen in that? Is there a point where like the state Peck Marshmallow Man is about to defeat the Statue of Liberty? Yes, because we got to have a cross the streams moment. Oh, that's right. That's that's a good point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So meantime, so Bill Murray is (laughs) is fighting this the state Peck Marshmallow Man inside the Statue of Liberty that has been doused with code that looks like Dr. Pepper to turn it good so that they can use it. (laughs) Meantime, it's not working all that well. And so the other Ghostbusters that are left there have to use their their coded Matrix power weapons yes. that, suspicious, that suspiciously look like uh, proton packs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> in wink, order, wink, nudge, in nudge. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, trademark not meant to be violated and, <laughs> and decide <laughs> that they have to fight these guys to help them out. <laughs> that's funny. All right. So that's, that, that seems that that's, that's a good way to do it. So that so you get the rest of the crew involved. You have them using their uh, would be proton packs, but not proton packs because laws. And they cross the streams to fight the Stay Pack Marshmallow Man, but they have to aim it at the most like the weak spot in his armor. So they have to name it yes. aim it right aim it right at his dick. <laughs> <laughs> the weakest area. Yeah, the weakest area. It's been there all along. And then it's like, and then and then and then the uh, like the end line is like, I guess he really was dickless all along. I'm alright. (laughs) Insert gopher from Caddyshack. (laughs) That's how we have to end every movie. Insert gopher from Caddyshack. Oh my gosh! So th- that has to be how they destroy the Stay Pack Mar- the, the the Marshmallow Man is they they hit him in his would be dick and he falls over. Heck yeah! And he explodes into a million pieces of code that suspiciously look like white substances thrown upon the citizens of New York that are standing around. Subtle, gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's marshmallow. Sure right. it is. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah. From mm-hmm. when he got a bit too stay puffed. You have to wrap up the romance, man. You boys, typical guy, like you skip over the romance with Sigourney Weaver. Oh, oh, so oh, the, we we haven't even mentioned the romance with Sigourney oh, Weaver. The and love Bill of Neo and Trinity was like half the reason why Chick started watching The Matrix. The other half was, of course, Keanu Reeves fighting. But and that later. Keanu Reeves is handsome. Is that that's a thing? He's an immortal vampire who is a, a beloved person, and Keanu Reeves can do no wrong. Connor, Keanu Reeves is breathtaking. (laughs) Now, being the honorary second girl on this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and suggest that when we focus on the romance, let's take a look at how important it is that Trinity ultimately brings back Neo from death, which Neo then returns the favor in later movies. 
So, you know, basically, she's remember, she's told by the Oracle, I was told I would fall in love with a dead man and that he would come back because, you know, we need to keep this Christ imagery up and beat the audience over the head with it. Um, and so I, I, I would bet that after, you know, the Statue of Liberty fight, uh, basically, it's sort of like when uh, everybody is dusting themselves off, you know, they're covered in marshmallows. Yeah. So, you know, we find Bill Murray unconscious near death. Um, you know, a now unzooled Sigourney Weaver comes unzooled. over and says, I know you're not dead because it was foretold that I would kiss a dead man drenched in Dr. Pepper. And she kisses him <laughs> gently on the lips. And that is what brings him back to life. Only to find oh. out that he was pulling a sandlot and he wasn't really, uh, you know, dead or anything like that. He was just trying to get a smooch easily. Oh, that's that's <laughs> smart. Oh, and he would do that too. That would be that would be a bill that would be a Bill Murray Ghostbusters move is to fake death so we could kiss Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> you sound so despondent as you say that. <laughs> so in all of this, but she's a fighter too. Yeah. Like she's no yeah. she she's she's got to get in on the fighting action. She's probably like down on the ground, like the base of the statue, would be like fighting off like ghosts and stuff on her own trying to keep them from her precious love bill murray while he continues to fight inside the statue of maybe Liberty. she's fighting the dogs and also sigourney weaver's a better action yeah oh, oh that's yeah. right and 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 uh sigourney weaver's a better action star than any of the other actors in this movie that is hella true she so she could kick some serious serious ace <laughs> so does that mean that at one point she can turn to the camera as one of those devil dogs is starting to plow at her and he's the devil dog is going straight for the Statue of Liberty to try to run in and get Bill Murray. And she can just look at him and punch him in the face and say, get away from him, you bitch. I think what we could also have is that, uh, you know, one of the other key moments in the Matrix is Trinity being the first one to essentially, you know, at least stop an agent when uh, she sneaks up behind one and shoots him point blank in the back of the head and says, dodge this. So maybe after Bill Murray comes back, you know. We see Walter Peck is beaten and bruised, but puts him in that one-handed chokehold and holds him up. And then uh, she slips up behind him and, you know, shoots him in the back of the head with one of the proton guns or whatever. Yes, okay. Yeah, he's got to be like choking Bill Murray and saying, try to get out of this one, funny man. Yeah. And she just comes <laughs> up right up behind him. And definitely Sigourney Weaver, like, best girlfriend sidekick for the Absolutely. win. Yeah, oh, yeah. So she's... she's awesome yeah she's one of the best female action stars ever heck yeah and so we also have to talk about the reason why they ended up in this huge fight in the first place is because backstabbing rick moranis playing the cypher character has has to betray them somehow that's right okay so i was thinking like because he's an awkward dude who everybody looks down on and he's and he's also in this machine ghost dystopia. So what if he like made a deal with Dickless Walter Peck, where he's just like where he just says like just turn me into a rich famous dude who gets a lot of girls and I and I can be in the Matrix picks and never realize this. Hmm. And in return, because he's there like there he's like their tax lawyer or their and their assistant and their helper or whatever he will turn them in by telling them they have to show up at a certain time or, or even giving them the information that, Hey, yes. this is how you can take them down. They're violating the EPA standards. And I know because I didn't do the paperwork, right? Here's the proof. Like Al Capone, the count. That's how that's he right. Them. 
Yeah, yeah, oh, he okay. accounted them. Yep, but because <laughs> he's their lawyer, he didn't do the paperwork right. So that's how he stabs him in the back, which is how they get shut down in the first place, which then causes the big final fight. There we go. I like that. That's how we he, tie it all together. Yeah, we Tarantino the shit out of this by telling this out of order, but I think it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I think we didn't do it intentionally. We just got. We just forgot. Laura said we Tarantino the shit out of it. But are there any other missing plot threads that we didn't get to yet? Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't really discuss Slimer all that much. Yeah, because so we... Slimer, like, okay, I'm not sure if y- y'all weren't like alive in the '80s and conscious enough, but there used to be a Ghostbuster cartoon. I know of this. I haven't watched it. And the, the high C coolers were no joke. Ghostbusters high C, yeah. The ecto coolers were the shit. Merchandising where the real money from the movie is made. But <laughs> so on Saturday mornings, it was them and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were like the coolest things that you could have because the toys were the were awesome for those two, and Slimer was like their their fuck up dog that they kept like in the <laughs> in the police house. I don't know how Slimer got out. I don't know why they kept him out. All he was interested in doing was like causing mischief and shenanigans, which I am assuming means he was totally a poltergeist. But they keep him as like a friendly pet and he's like a good guy now. So is Slimer a good guy or is he a bad guy? There is also a faction that uh, doesn't get a lot of mention. There is a neutral faction called the Merovingian, which plays a larger role in the second movie and they're a lot more like the mandalorians where they're kind of like you know they'll help out the highest bidder in a sense so he could very well be a neutral party but i think in the matrix specifically he would probably fit in most as mouse i don't know if anybody remembers like he's actually the first guy to get killed but they have like a you know 16 year old kid who's part of the crew and goes into the matrix oh yeah and stumbles into a trap very easily yeah, Sean, you really did your homework for this. I used to be a huge Matrix fan. I still am. I, it's just been a hot second. Used to be? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, used to be. It's been a hot second since I've seen it. Yeah, you're still quite well versed in it. I rewatched the first one last week just to get caught up on it. It's been years since I've seen the, the second two. Yes. Yeah, oh, I watched uh, Ghostbusters about two hours ago for the first time in probably 15 years. Oh, wow. wow. You hadn't seen it in that long? Jeez. It's been a long time. I actually, I think I've only seen, I think I'd only seen it once or twice beforehand. I hadn't seen it since um, until like high school, but then I watched it a lot. And also, so we should also have a, se- have a sequel, Ghostbusters 2, that's just kind of a pale retread of the original. And, uh-huh. and then we can, and then, so are we following the Ghostbusters franchise arc or the Matrix franchise arc? Why not both? Oh, okay. So... So, so I, in that case, we'd have a trail, have a second one that's like okay, and then a third one that just goes like gets way too much in the philosophy stuff, and that's where Elon Musk as um, Episode Nine Palpatine comes in, where he's yeah. uh, uh, he's like somehow kept alive and tied to the wires and stuff. Isn't yep. that the big face that he talks to in the end? I think it is. That'd be Elon Musk's face made out of wires. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think Laura had a point insofar as because we have taken so many elements from the other Matrix movies already, we should probably also lean a bit more heavily on the Ghostbusters franchise as we move forward. Yes. Okay. So that means we'd have a sequel that's not inspired and a remake like 30 years later that's just like kind of there. I'm still stuck on how the fuck is Bill Murray ever going to be an action star? Is I, like, serious <laughs> question. I, <laughs> most action that that man ever did in the, on the screen i'm gonna put it out there i think it's stripes could be or, or caddyshack maybe because he golfs sounds about right 
Well, he was, yeah, yeah, but yeah, anyways, but yeah, so that's what I'm stuck on. It's telling that the most action is him golfing, which, which most grandfathers can do without any trouble. Wait, he didn't do much golfing in Caddyshack. He was that like ex-marine crazo, yeah, gardener that got hired to try to kill the groundhog and to, to mess up the other guy's golf game. Oh, so maybe, but him killing the, maybe him killing the ground, trying to kill the groundhog is the most action he's ever got, ever done. All right. Well, we did it, y'all. We did. Whether or not the Ghostbusters would be proud of us remains to be seen. <laughs> hey, we're proud of us. And the Ghostbusters will see us in court. Yep. Hopefully not. But if <laughs> Keanu Reeves ever wants to be in a remake of the Ghostbusters, that I would pay money to see. Yeah, both movies are being uh, are getting sequels next year. So That's right, yeah. And, and Matrix 4 is coming out the same day as John Wick 4. We're getting a Matrix 4? No, yeah, you don't. What? Yeah. You're yeah, telling me that Keanu Reeves was in two places at the same time to make The Matrix 4 and John Wick 4, and and everybody still thinks he's just a normal guy? They can fit. They, just because the movies come out the same day doesn't mean they were shot the same time. Yes, it does. How <laughs> did he have the time and the energy? I just, the man is amazing. That's he all. has a time turner. That's what it is. You know what? If he's the Hermione Granger extrovert of of doing movies, at least he chooses good ones to do. That would be a Shyamalan level plot twist that Keanu Reeves was secretly a Hermione Granger type A triarch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could absolutely see that. I could absolutely see that. All right. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Remake a Movie. And Connor, play us out. Please don't sue us. in New York, everyone loves me Even if I turn down Ghostbusters 3 But devil dogs, ghosts, and spooky demon girls It's a simulation and machines rule the world I'll take that red pill, let's kick some ghost machine ass I'm a snarky man who makes anything fun But for some reason they made me the chosen one we can beat Dickelson, make the world safe again But first we gotta beat the state of Marshmallow Man I'll take that red pill, let's kick some ghost machine ass I wanna get with Sigourney Weaver But she wants me to save the world But someone's gotta get it done I guess I'll be the chosen one in the matrix cause diggers won't defeat himself Bustin' ghosts in the matrix you better not cross the streets or else Bustin' ghosts in the matrix Elon Musk is still alive how the hell did he survive like Palatine in episode 9 thank you so much for listening to this episode of let's remake a movie we hope you enjoyed it and if you want to support us like subscribe and drop a comment we're available on all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Let's Remake a Movie, and send us your ideas for which movies we should remake next. Thank you so much, and see you next time.